Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with creator and founder of the Reprogram for Success and Quantum Consciousness Accelerator, Janet Schmidt. For a decade, she has been an integrative holistic healing and performance facilitator, inspirational speaker, master mindset coach, and so much more. She enables individuals and business teams to identify and remove energetic blocks or ailments caused by inherited imprints held in the subconscious for generations. She teaches clients how to recognize the program, imprints, blocks, or ailments, and provides tools to discard what no longer serves those to have a healthy, prosperous, and wealthy life. Her combined curiosity with science and healing healing modalities, inspired conscious self-learning so she may share the wisdom and the teaching with others. And she does that. Enjoy this story. Hi, Janet. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks. Good. Where are you located? I'm in Southern California. All right. I love Southern California. I'm in Kansas City. I'm landlocked here. Oh, you know what? I grew up in the Midwest, so I'm good. Okay. We're at the West, I should say the West and Midwest. I was born in North Platte, Nebraska. Ah, yeah. How many people do you know can say that? Not I many. don't know. I actually, you know, it's funny. It's really weird that you say that. The guy that produces my um, radio show, Neon Jazz, he has a show called The Neon Beat. He's from there. He used to be a DJ up there. Cut it out. So I grew up, I, I was there until I was seven, and then my parents moved to Laramie, Wyoming. Okay. All right. So you know rural well. <laughs> yeah, they stayed on Interstate 80. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> I always say that, but very familiar with the area. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, it's great to meet you. And, you know, before we get into your life and your work, there's a lot going on. I want to know, how did you survive the last three years with COVID? How did you get through it? How did it change you? Oh, uh, I don't watch any news at all. I I read I read the headlines, maybe like I'll scan, like I, I'll just look at it quickly and I get annoyed a little bit. I don't allow myself to get annoyed, but I'm just, I don't look at it because, um, you know, it's interesting when we were pulling out of Afghanistan, I used to tell, uh, some of my clients, look, read, read the headlines. Don't watch the news because you're going to get riled up because the emotions come through, the energy comes through and uh, that's just how it goes. And um, I remember somebody working with a special ops guy and they were listening to some, some things and it came out that I, my, I had a friend that was so disillusioned. They said, do you know, only seven, uh, 30% of the news we hear is real. And I said, what makes you think that we're different than anywhere else? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the same, but, if you're talking about surviving COVID, I was lucky I had a cat because I live, I'm, I'm, I live alone. So I have a cat. I had a cat. She passed, but I had a great cat, but I listened to more info, more podcasts. I listened to podcasts. I, I was walking eight to 10 miles a day because they wouldn't even allow us on the beach here. Yeah. It was hardcore. I mean, it was hardcore out here in California. I mean, they, they wouldn't, and I live close to the beach, so they, they wouldn't even allow us on the beach. Um, and so I just went within and I think uh, this is how I look at what happened during COVID. I think a lot of people either went within or they went to fear. So they went one of the other two ways. Either yeah. they were going to, either they were going to, and, um, and actually my, biological family they all went to fear 
I was the only one that went the other direction. Like I went completely the other direction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but luckily, uh, my, my kids, after they realized if they saw me, they weren't going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a single parent. So yeah. it's like, it's kind of an interesting thing, but, um, I mean, they used to come out and we used to go for long walks that my two daughters and my son lived, um, in Boston. I raised my kids in Boston. And, uh, so it's kind of, it was kind of interesting, but, and I think my kids finally kind of took it the same way, especially my son. He took it very much like I did. Um, but you know, I think, I think society, if we're talking about programming, cause that's what I do for a living. Sure. Um, we can allow ourselves to get sucked into certain type of programming. And we have to ask ourselves and discern, is this real? Is this really, does this really resonate with who I am or does this not? And is this, is this contracting? I'll put it in other terms too. Is this contracting me or expanding me? Because yeah. if it's contracting you, it's not healthy. Yeah. But if it's expanding you, like if you're watching something, I watched something on Alexander the Great the other night and I was like, wow, you know, I mean, I studied about him in school, but I had forgotten a lot of the stuff. So it was great to, to educate myself in that kind of place I would never do before. And so I was expanding myself in some sort of way. And so it's as simple as that. And so, um, I just had a client yesterday who said, you know, the best thing you ever taught me was, is this expanding you or is this contracting you? Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, it's it's almost like when you're, you know, if you're doing, if you're interviewing for a job, right? Right. And you have a couple jobs and you're doing this pros and cons thing right there. You, you're already contracting yourself. Yeah. Because you're limiting yourself to the pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah. So it's something I live my life by. But how'd you survive it? Did you do well? well? It was the same thing. You know, it had a monopoly on us. I mean, it, it, you had yeah. to get through it. Kansas City's kind of like Southern California. It's very expansive. Orange County and we're in Jackson County is you can get out and go to nature sanctuaries and get out and see things. So that was kind of the name of the game. You just had to figure out maneuver and get through it. So and but I agree. I think the news was one of the most destructive things. And someone that's been in media my whole life, if it bleeds, it leads. And it was never more present than it was then. And it, and it, it was really, you know, there's times during election cycles where I just turn it off hundred percent, all of it. I don't want anything to do with it, you know? So it's kind of that idea, but yeah, it was, I'm, yeah, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I'm looking forward to the truth sayers in media. Right. I'm, you know, like, I think you, I, you understanding it, you understanding it will uh, probably promote that. Um, I'm looking forward to people like yourself and other people who understand it and then find the avenue to promote. And I think that's the thing about it. Like, you know, at the end of the day, my whole credo with being in journalism is to not find the angle or be contentious or get into it. I think that that sways and destroys the foundation of what we're trying to do as humans communicating with each other. And the one positive outgrowth of this pandemic was the fact that podcasts, which is really genuinely the voice of the people, became the number one central thing. I mean, I've been doing this since 2011, interviewing jazz musicians, and I only really in the last year branched out and have my famous interview series. But the whole time I did it, it was just all about getting to know these people and documenting the story accurately. And and I'm I think that 
the democratization of media has gone into podcasting and you don't need a corporate logo to do that. You can do it. And if people believe it and it's genuine, they're going to follow you. You're going to get numbers. But if you're not and you're disingenuous, it's just isn't going to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. And, and so basically that's how I survived COVID. I was listening to podcasts. Yeah. I, right. I found my favorite, I found my favorite like five, six people. And I just, I would go on these long walks and I, and then I did aud- audible. I did books. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of books. Um, but I found my happy, my happy space. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, I think it's, uh, it expanded me beyond what I can even express to you. Yeah. So I, without going into detail, I can, uh, um, from a, uh, consciousness evolution. Yeah. I, I, my consciousness expanded exponentially. Yeah. Well, let's get into what you do for a living. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's career day. And one of the kids <laughs> looks up and says, Hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? I say to the child, well, you know how we might have some habits and some things that we may not like about ourselves. There's a few things that some of us might have. And so I just have you examine them. You know, are they helping you or are they hurting you? So like if you're talking meanly to somebody, is that helping you or is that hurting you? And so we can change that. We can change how we speak to people. We can change that in ourselves. And so I help people do that. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream to grow up and become? Oh my gosh. If I can go to the second grade and sorry, I, my teacher was Miss Melanie and I wrote that I wanted to be a trapeze lady because, wow. because it was the first time I had ever gone to the circus. Nice. And I really wanted to do that, yeah. but I would probably in third and fourth grade, I wanted to be a rodeo rider. Okay. Cause I was riding horses all the time and I barrel raced and did all that. Right on. So you got an adventurous spirit. So let me ask you this. Go back to where you were born and raised. You mentioned Nebraska. What were these yeah. seeds that were put into you to want adventure, to want to help people and to kind of dig into the consciousness and get to that, that center? Well, I got to say, I'm not so sure I was, I was born with some of it, but others came along the way. So by experiences, but. I was born into a family of eight generations of ministers who, you know, helped the underserved, you know, gave their last pennies to the underserved too, and no, not really had any money to manage. So I really grew up really close to the poverty level. Um, I, but I had really two really educated parents. I mean, my dad had two BAs, two masters and a doctorate's degree, and my mom was a nurse. So I came from really well-educated parents, but this is the life that they chose. And it's the life that um, out of seven brothers, five of them, my dads, including my dad, became ministers. It just went down the line. And so this is what they did. And so that's the family that I grew up in where we I watched my parents, especially my father, always assisting the underserved. I mean, he was always out. And yet... I have to say, I never really understood that we were at the poverty level. I mean, my parents went out and shot the meat that we ate, and I thought that was normal. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. I had no clue. Yeah. It wasn't until I got older and I went to college, and you know, I saw all, all what everybody else had, and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> it's another world. 
it's another world. Um, but how I got into when I was 10, when I was four years old, I saw angels when my father, my grandfather died in front of me. And I thought it was amazing. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I saw these images and, you know, um, when I would tell my dad, my, my dad never doubted any of what I was talking about. I mean, I would even talk to him about like, if you're not baptized and you're a good person, do you go to heaven? I had all these questions, right? And I found myself at 10 going out into the field and doing the laying of hands on horses. Like I would just put my hands out there and see if the horses would come. And I was just putting love through the hands and I'm thinking, are they going to come? And they would come. And these weren't horses I knew. These were horses that would just come. That kind of happened. And then I kind of shut it down because it wasn't kind of acceptable. And so I kind of shut that down. And it wasn't until about 22 years ago, I went through something really catastrophic and I started having these higher consciousness uh, events happen to me. And I can't explain them. I levitated off of tables, seeing visions. I saw different things. And I still wasn't totally understanding it. And I took Reiki classes. I'm a Reiki master. I want to understand how energy flowing through our body works. It's scientific. It's part of quantum physics. So I was kind of interested in the science part, too. So I'm kind of going both ways. And then I had something happen to me. I... um through my divorce, I was given some money and now I could really help the underserved, both nonprofit and individual. Like I was so excited because I was already chairman of, of the board of uh, a nonprofit that helped homeless women get a better education so that they break the cycle with their kids. So, I mean, it follows a pattern, right? Mm-hmm. With my family. And uh, I was helping in an inner city hospital, raising funds, speaking in front of 700 people, that kind of thing. And uh, I was all of a sudden people were attached to me for my money and I couldn't say no. And before long, I was in arbitration. My financial advisor at the time had made an investment outside the scope of the firm. And, you know, it was massive, massive loss. And um, I'm thinking the whole time I'm going to lose this money. I'm going to lose this money. I never thought I wasn't going to win. Um, and so when we put energy out there, I want the audience to understand that the biochemical effects of your brain functioning says that your thoughts affect your very cells. So here I'm sitting there going, I'm going to lose this money. Right. And in the end he was disbarred. The company was fine. I mean, they were all found guilty, but I only got 10%. So now I'm like, okay, I understand the quantum physics or the energy part of this. I mean, Einstein said, match the frequency with the reality you wish for, and you can't help but bring it to you. That's not philosophy, that's physics. So I understood that, but now I'm going into epigenetics. And epigenetics is the coding uh, that we get passed down through our ancestors that's imprinted in us. And I'm going to say it in layman's terms. It's imprinted in us, and we can either turn on or off that gene. So I had imprints of fear. I had imprints of, I wanted to know what my money consciousness was. That's what the driving force of really how I ended up doing what I do. My inherited money consciousness was eight generations of ministers. Now, I don't want to discount what they did. They helped a lot of people. But at the time, that's not what I signed up for. And I couldn't understand why I had this thought process where I had to give everything away and not have anything to manage, nothing to manage. 
And so I always tell people, you know, go go back, be the student of your life because this is what it takes. And so I did. I studied epigenetics. I studied neurolinguistic programming. I studied everything, got certified in everything that could help me with my subconscious mind. And that could take me into kind of combining what I call energy, psychology modalities, and therapeutic techniques. I mean, I'm board certified in hypnotherapy, a bunch of different things. And I learned how to decode and bring your brain into the whole brain state. In other words, bring your left cortex and your right cortex into agreement on your new belief. And so I basically probably have changed about 200 different things in me, just tweaking all the time. If something shows up, I sit in the feeling and take myself through it. But that's how I, I, I got here by accident. Yeah. No, that's fascinating. I mean, and it, it, it required a lot of effort on your part too. So on this journey, who's been kind of a role model or a hero for you? Well, if we really want to go down that lane, um, probably Jesus. And it's not even, it's not even, um, religious. He was a man that walked with unconditional love. He was a man that helped a lot of people and basically told people what I can do, you can do and more. And whether you're a religious person or not, he set the example of how we could actually, if we all emulated him, have a really wonderful world. And so I think he set the example. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? (laughs) It's funny. There's, there's so many different people. I think I haven't met them yet. I'm going to be honest. I don't think they're out there. I don't think I know of them yet, but I I would love to get a room of a bunch of thought leaders, like um, even going down to religious leaders, you know, um, I'd like to hear what Sadhguru has to say. I'd like to get Joe Dispenza in there too. I'd like to get, um, you know, if, uh, if Bob Proctor was still alive, I'd say, let's get him in that room because he was a great guy. And, um, there's just so many people, but I, I have to say a lot of the people that I pay attention to today have already passed and, uh, they set such a high bar. I mean, um, Dr. Joseph Murphy, um, Neville Goddard, all these people were, uh, ahead of their time. And today we'd all be listening to them. We'd all be riveted by what they have to say. Yeah. Um, and they're only coming out. They've only come out in the last, what, three, since COVID, really. Yeah. Um, and so I think COVID tipped the consciousness uh, for us all to be aware of what's out there. What is the motivator for you? You're talking about a lot of people that have a lot of motivation for what they're doing. What is that for you daily to get up, to do your work, help people and accomplish what you want to get done? Uh, to to see the seismic change in them, to see, to to assist to actually um see i i'll i'll give an example the, the woman i had yesterday she was fabulous and um but when i first met her i was just i'm certified in acupressure kinesiology and massage for equines and canines so a friend had asked would you come to this barn and do a demonstration of taping and i said sure i'll come so i came and this woman came right up to me and she said can i have a private with you and my horse so i said yes and all of a sudden, 
they both came from different traumas. It was a Mustang who had been taken at one years old, a wild Mustang, and she had gone through trauma. And it was the whole part that we went through. It was a change for her and a change for the horse. And she came back and we did one session for her abundance blocks, her wealth blocks. And she said, I've gone up a whole nother level and everything. And so for me, I'm so happy to assist people. So it's just having somebody say to me, thank you is more than enough, but just sitting there and assisting somebody or watching, watching it happen. Because sometimes there is one modality that I don't know if you know, Dr. Uh, Bruce Lipton, but he talks about it in the back of his book, biology of belief that I have literally had people's voice change an octave when we do that. And for me, I know it's just a beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful thing to know that people are going to go out and live the life that they desire. And for me to be a part of it, I always say to people, it's an honor to assist. That's how I always say, great job, honor to assist, because I truly believe, I mean, I got into this by accident. Yeah, yeah. So what are you the proudest of? Of everything you've done in your life so far, what are you the proudest of? Oh, my three kids. (laughs) I have three. I have have a son and two girls and uh, two daughters. And yeah, love them bunches. And uh, very proud. Very, all three, I have to say, solid citizens. (laughs) So so I'm very proud of them. So So that's wonderful. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. No, they're just wonderful. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If you could witness any event in human history with your own eyes, anything that's happened on this planet, what would you love to have seen firsthand? The birth of the planet, how it really happened. Yeah. The birth of the planet. And, and, and know so that everybody can see the consciousness, the infinite source, God. Uh, I say it's God. Uh, just to see the, miracle of it all yeah so so that everybody would have a deeper understanding and we wouldn't get so caught up in the actual word or the rhetoric that we actually have a knowing for sure so janet everyone has a perception of you you have all these different people in your life family friends clients colleagues but you are in control what's your perception of you who do you think you are i think i'm a very uh well, I'm a light being. We're all light because our cells are filled with light. Um, I'm just a very kind of person that wants to help a lot of people. And um, I'm filled with love. I'm filled with unconditional love. I live my life that way. Um, unconditional love, gratitude, appreciation, compassion, and uh, sprinkled with joy. And so that's that's who I am. So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into a much younger version of yourself and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained up to this point in your life. What would you tell that young version of you? Uh, To love yourself. To love yourself and let all of the past, let let it go. Because when we take the past with us, it's like dragging a a big wheel. It it doesn't serve you. Um, We have lessons from that. But I was so caught up in being hurt and I didn't have much self-esteem. So I would say love yourself. 
So coming out of this pandemic, do you have hope for humanity? Do you find that maybe we're entering an age of enlightenment, good things? I do. I do. It's funny that you say that. I do. Um, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, after our conversation before, I'm, I'm really hopeful about media and everything. Um, yeah, I think that, um, the more and more I talk to people, the more and more I find that the frequency of people, the, what they're, what they're worried about and, and what they talk about has shifted. It's, um, it's really beautiful. I meet more loving people. I mean, I I know that's hard for people to believe if they're listening, but I do. I meet a lot of loving and caring people, um, fun people, um, and people talking about this. And just the fact that, that people are talking about how consciousness has changed for us and, um, and what, how we can communicate now in a higher level is a beautiful thing. So yes, I do. And I know people talk. I don't know if your listeners listen to any people that talk about the fourth density or how we're moving to the fourth density, but it is a higher frequency. And I do think if you watch the people that you meet, I'm going to say this to you. If you watch the people that you meet, you're meeting more and more people that let less and less of lower vibrations or hate or, or, or any doubt, all of these things, they're letting them go by the wayside and they're living in the now, just in the present moment, embracing all the beauty that the now has. And that means that we're becoming more self-aware. And when we become more self-aware, that's when we really can start moving and shaking and doing things. I agree. Janet, if anyone wants to hire you, learn more about you, anything about your world, where can they go? They can go to uh, JanetElaineSchmidt.com. Wonderful. Janet, thank you. This has been wonderful. Thank you for opening up. This was very illuminating. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I enjoyed my time. Thanks. Me too. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Music.